Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin LaMontagne from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and Dustin joins us as always. How are you doing? Hey, real good, Bryn. How's yourself? Fine, thank you. It's time to get greedy. That's the subject line for today's podcast. What? Oh, okay, break this one down for me. Well, I, I think the, uh, the underlying, uh, you know, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but um, you know, there's a famous line by, uh, an investor who's pretty good at his trade, Warren Buffett, oh, yeah. who said, uh, you know, when everybody's fearful, it's time to get greedy. Right. Yeah. Um, because, uh, when markets are down, sometimes that's when you make your, your best moves, uh, especially if you're sitting on cash or if you have a part of your portfolio that's done well, you can flip it into something that is a little bit, uh, beaten up. And, uh, that's, that's the whole point, right? You, you sell when things are high and try and buy when they're low. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with buy and hold. If, if you have uh, a long, long runway, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. Uh, so if you're, if you're in your thirties and you want to buy, uh, you know, some Royal bank shares and hold them into your sixties, you're probably going to make fairly good money over that time period. Uh, but if you're in your sixties and you own Royal bank and it's done really well, or you own Imperial oil shares and it's done really well, and that's a cyclical, uh, industry, you may want to take some profits and spread them around a bit. Right. So, um, when I look at the, uh, the market in particular, uh, in the U S which has really rolled over, uh, like the NASDAQ's down almost 40%. Um, some of these, uh, pandemic trades are down 80, 90%, you know, the zoom and Shopify and the, the Pelotons of the world. Um, but even, even some of the good quality companies like, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, your your uh, your Fang stocks that used to be referred to as, <clears throat> they've taken it on the chin. I think Google was uh, was down forty percent from its highs. So wow, and that's a that's a pretty rock solid company. Google, they they control you know ninety percent of the the search searches worldwide, and and I, I don't know what percentage of the online advertising, but it's huge. Um, so. When I'm when I'm looking at uh, the market, I'm, I'm just thinking it's maybe time to peck away at some of these uh, you know good quality companies um, that have come come down, and and sometimes for good reason, sometimes for for not so good reason. You know, I'm looking at the uh, the banking sector, and I I saw the profits that came out last quarter, thinking, okay, why are the banks getting beat up? Uh, they usually make more when interest rates are going up because they have a, a fatter spread. So. Um, I, I think there's a, a little bit being priced in and in terms of, re- of a recession risk and, uh, you know, is a consumer going to stop buying and are people going to stop getting loans and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, when these downturns happen, you have to take advantage of them. So at, at least that's my opinion. You know, if you have a good advisor, they should be looking at ways to to enhance your wealth by by every means possible. Uh, and when these downturns occur, sometimes the best opportunities to reallocate some capital. Hey, I have to ask you about the travel industry, uh, because it, it seems people want to start traveling again. Governments seem to be slowly coming around and lifting restrictions and that kind of thing. That's got to mean good news, I would think, for travel agencies, for airlines, that kind of thing. Are you starting to sense the same sort of thing or are you still a little leery? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of cash sitting in people's bank accounts, right? Because right. <clears throat> for the last two years, people haven't spent a lot of money on travel. 
So anything they might have spent in that regard is probably sitting in their bank account if they didn't buy a, a hot tub or, or a fifth wheel or, you know, any, anything other leisure related or, uh, um, you, you know, so, something that m- money that didn't go into travel. So right. when, when you're looking at these stocks, uh, you, you kind of have to have a long-term win- window um, when you're looking at the travel stocks right. because if we do get into a recession, that's one of the first sectors that will, will probably suffer, right? Anything recreational or entertainment, uh, people are still going to buy their, their booze and groceries and pay their cable bill. Uh, but they may not, uh, go to the movies or, or go on a trip. Right. Um, so it's one, one thing we have to be cognizant of, but the, the stocks are cheap. You know, when I look at the cruise line stocks, or, uh, if I look at airlines, um, they're trading below, uh, pandemic levels and, uh, that's probably a buying opportunity, but you know, those are highly cyclical industries and the airlines are not for the faint of heart. Uh, even in, in good times, there's just so many, uh, risks that impact that sector. So, um, well, while I have it on my list as a cheap sector, Maybe, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not buying travel stocks i have tiptoed into some airline stocks right um and and some consumer stocks but the the travel i think i'm i'm playing that that angle on a more diversified mix like i'm buying disney uh and and i know the theme parks are part of the travel theme but i'm also buying disney for the uh the other entertainment assets uh, on the communication side particularly their streaming so um when, when I look at uh, the overall market, the the names that stick out to me the most are on the uh, the financial and, and mining side, you know, and, and I'll throw railroads in there as a, as a third. When I look at banks, insurance companies, uh, the, the miners, uh, particularly uh, the gold miners have been beaten up and, and the base metals uh, and railroads. Um, I, I think those are good buying opportunities right now. So I'm, I'm actively putting uh, cash back to work. Uh, I went into this downturn fairly cash heavy for, for my clients. Uh, I had a, a 15 to 20% position in cash in, in most accounts. So I'm looking at buying now and that's why, you know, the tongue in cheek title time to get greedy. You've always, as long as I've known you, you've always loved railroad road. So it, it's, it's, it seems to come up frequently. That's your big fan of railroads. Well, I'm a big fan of oligopolies, Bryn, because okay. when you get sectors that have uh, very few uh, players and pricing power, when you do get into uh, uh, you know a, a good business environment, you can jack up your prices and make exorbitant profits. And that's what what the rails will do when when freight normalizes and and demand is back again. <clears throat> you know, right now they're having a hard time because of the the backlogs at the ports. Right. Um, but the the rails just a fantastic business, and uh, you know, uh, I, I'm expecting uh, you know north of ten uh, percent returns. Uh, you know. Uh, for a long period of time. And, and that's what they've averaged. In fact, uh, I think they've averaged uh, probably closer to 13, 14% on CN and CP. I don't have the numbers for, uh, for the U S railroads, but of course, uh, CP, CP just bought uh, the big uh, Kansas city Southern down in, in the U S. So uh, when, when, when I look at those, uh, those rails, they're, they're largely integrated throughout North America. And, and I just, lo- I love the sector. So 
it, I pretty, pretty much will own a railroad or, or buy railroads in and across my, my client base. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you and maybe take a look at where they're at, and the one thing that we often talk about is the fact that you just can't throw your money in and invest it and then just leave it, sit there for a year and not kind of check in once in a while. I know you're big on that. Uh, but if somebody wants to come to you, that's strong advice, I'm guessing. Just make sure that you're all, it's like a garden. You've got to, it's got to be weeded frequently, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good analogy. Um, you know, if, if a weed is a, you know, a poor, poor performing stock, sometimes you want to get those out of your portfolio, right? Yeah. A lot of times I'll, I'll see, uh, you know, when I meet a, a, a new potential client, um, they'll, they'll have positions in their account, which, uh, you know, maybe aren't doing so well at another company and you say to them, uh, well, you know, so, sometimes you just, the best the best move is just to take, take the loss. Cause if you own Peloton, guess what? That's never going back to $200 a share. Right. Um, so sometimes you just want to cut your losses and, and go forward. So, but people, people get psychologically attached to those uh, levels that the stocks were. Uh, and they think that they're going back. We saw that, you know, 20 years ago with the Nortel uh, Northern telecom, people thought that that stock was going to come back to its, uh, its previous highs and it just never did. Right. Yeah. So those, those are called cognitive biases. And, and that's why individuals usually make terrible investors when they do it on the, on their own. Right. Uh, whereas as an advisor, I can be agnostic and I don't get emotionally attached to, to share prices. Right. Okay. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they reach you? You can give me a call on my cell phone, uh, 780 780- Nine zero five seven seven two nine, or uh, you can email me at dlamontang at researchcapital.com. Beautiful. Thanks for your time today. We'll talk to you uh, coming up soon on the next one, okay? Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Making Sense, and have yourself a great day. 